Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 30th of September. Dear listeners, a lot has happened in the last 24 hours, so I'm beginning today's episode with non-COVID related news first. In what seems straight out of a dystopian novel, the body of the Hathras victim, a 19-year-old Dalit girl who was gang-raped by four upper-caste men, was forcefully burnt by the Hathras police as the victim's family were refusing to carry out the last rites in the middle of the night. The girl had died in Safdarjung Hospital in Delhi yesterday. Around midnight, her body reached her village in Hathras in an ambulance. At 1am, one of the victim's brothers, who was in the village, while speaking to Indian Express, said, and I quote, The ambulance is on the main road. Police are not letting us take the body inside the house. They have switched on the lights of the cremation ground and are forcing us to perform her last rites right now. We do not want to cremate her in the middle of the night. We want to take her home. India Today reporter Tanushri Pandey, who was present at the time, tweeted out videos of the incident. In one of the videos, a pyre could be seen burning in the background with no family members around as the reporter tried to question a police officer about what was going on. He refused to give her any answers. Another video showed the victim's mother pleading with the police officials to let the body be brought home one last time. In one of the videos, the police officers could be seen pressing the family to carry out the last rites right then. The family who wanted to bring her home refused. The woman's brother told the Indian Express at 3.30am in the morning and I quote, It appears that my sister has been cremated. The police are not telling us anything. We begged them to let us bring her body inside the house one last time, but they didn't listen to us. Unquote. At 2.16am, the Hathras police had tweeted that the cremation will be done as per the wishes of the family. Prem Prakash Meena, the joint magistrate of Hathras, meanwhile told ANI and I quote, The last rites of the victim have been performed. The police administration will ensure that the perpetrators of the crime are brought to justice. Unquote. Outrage and grief has poured out from all sides, including many opposition leaders. Dalit and Bahujan Samaj Party chief Mayawati condemned the state police. She tweeted that the police's action has created resentment and doubt. She also asked the Supreme Court to take cognizance of what had happened with the police. The chairperson of the Delhi Commission for Women, Swati Malewal, also requested the Chief Justice of India, S.A. Bobde, and other top court judges to take cognizance of the Hathras gang rape case and take immediate action against erring officials and give strict punishment to those accused and to frame laws to stop crimes against women. The Bhim Army, including its leader Chandrasekhar Azad, had staged protests along with the victim's family outside the Safdarjung Hospital in Delhi yesterday. Azad and Bhim Army's Delhi unit head, Himanshu Balmiki, were detained by the Uttar Pradesh police while they were on their way to Hathras accompanying the victim's family. Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath has announced the formation of a three-member special investigation team to probe the Hathras gang rape. The team has been directed to submit a report within seven days. He also directed that the case should be tried in a fast-track court. Adityanath said that the Prime Minister Narendra Modi had inquired about the gang rape and urged strict action against the accused. The Prime Minister, however, who is quite active on social media, has not expressed grief or for that matter even said a single word about the incident so far. Dear listeners, our reporter Nidhiyana Kangsha, who brought you the ground report that was cited by many journalists while reporting on the Hathras case last night, have gone back to UP to bring you the latest updates. While we wait for them to get back, those of you who have not read the report yet, I urge you to do so as soon as you finish listening to this episode. It is titled, Help Us Get Justice, Please. Dalit Girl Assaulted in UP's Hathras Succumbs. 
Also, I'd like to express my gratitude on behalf of Team News Laundry to all News Laundry subscribers who support us in our endeavor to bring you stories that matter. We want to bring you more of these eye-opening ground reports, but for that we need your help. As most of you are aware, News Laundry is a 100% ad-free news platform, so please support us by subscribing. A monthly subscription costs as less as 300 rupees a month. A special CBI court in Lucknow today acquitted all 32 accused in the nearly three decades old criminal case related to the Babri Masjid demolition. BJP leaders Lal Krishna Dwani, Murli Manohar Joshi, Uma Bharti and Kalyan Singh were among those accused of criminal conspiracy and other charges. The court said that the demolition was not pre-planned and that the people who demolished the mosque were anti-national elements. The judgment added that the accused leaders were in fact trying to control the crowds. Special CBI judge SK Yadav who has been hearing this case since 2017 said that the evidence provided by the CBI was not strong enough. He said that it was not possible to prove the authenticity of audio and the video provided by the CBI. He said that the audio was not clear. The judgment which has not been made public yet is over 2000 pages long. LK Adwani who is 92 years old and Murli Manohar Joshi who is 86 year old were exempted due to the pandemic. Uma Bharti who is also accused is covid positive and is currently under treatment and Kalyan Singh is recovering from the infection Ram Janmabhoomi Nyas chief Nritya Gopal Das and Shiv Sena leader Satish Pradhan also did not appear before the court all of them however appeared via video conferencing there was heavy police deployment and barricading outside the court and the media was not allowed to enter LK Adwani said that the judgment vindicated his and the Safran party's commitment towards the Ram Janmabhoomi movement Other BJP leaders including several union ministers welcomed the verdict. Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath said that the victory has been of truth. He added that the judgment has made it clear that the then Congress government had wrongly framed and defamed respected saints, BJP leaders and office bearers of the Vishwa Hindu Parishad out of its political prejudice and over its politics of vote bank. Adityanath said and I quote, public of this country would not leave those responsible for this controversy. Unquote. The All India Muslim Personal Law Board member Maulana Khalid Rashid Firangi Mahali said everyone knows that the Babri Masjid was demolished in full public view and the law of the land was shredded to pieces. He said and I quote, the Muslims of this country have always respected court decisions. In the final judgment of the Babri Masjid case, the court had clearly said that Muslims had been wrongly deprived of a mosque that had been constructed well over 450 years ago. Then the Supreme Court also said that it was an unlawful destruction. However, if there was a criminal conspiracy, it had to be decided by the court. Now Muslim organizations will sit together and decide whether today's judgment has to be appealed or not. Unquote. The Congress meanwhile said that the verdict runs counter to the 2019 Supreme Court judgment and also the constitutional spirit. Congress leader Randeep Surjewala said that the entire country had witnessed a deep-rooted political conspiracy by BJP RSS leaders to destroy the country's communal amity and brotherhood for usurping power at any cost. He said that the then BJP government of Uttar Pradesh was a co-conspirator in the designed attack on India's constitutional ethos. So much so that the Supreme Court was misled by filing a wrong affidavit on oath. He added and I quote it is only after detailed examination of all these aspects facts and evidence that the supreme court held the demolition of the masjid to be an egregious violation of the rule of law unquote 
In her opinion piece titled Congress Party's Hidden Role in Demolition of Babri Masjid, Madhu Trehan writes, and I quote, The obvious question is, how did a Congress-led government allow the demolition when it would hurt their Muslim vote bank? These are facts that the Congress Party deliberately avoids clearly because it would cost them Muslim votes. They have shown Hindutva leanings that they would rather not dwell on. Unquote. Do read the complete article on newslaundry.com. According to the Transgender Persons Protection of Rights Rules 2020, recently issued by the Union Ministry of Social Justice and Empowerment, transgender persons who want to declare their desired sex will no longer have to go through a medical examination in order to do so. The rules, which were first released as a draft in July, had invited objections and suggestions and had been criticised by the LGBTQ community for taking away their dignity by mandating that a third person, such as a district magistrate, would verify and subsequently certify the gender of a person. The rules now state that the district magistrate will, subject to the correctness of the applicant's particulars, get the application processed based on the affidavit submitted declaring the gender identity of any person without any medical or physical examination and thereafter issue an identification number to the applicant which may be quoted as proof of application. The application to declare gender is to be made physically to the district magistrate until the system goes online. Parents will also be able to make an application on behalf of their children. Transgender persons who have officially recorded their change in gender, whether as male, female or transgender, prior to these rules coming into force, will not be required to submit an application for a certificate of identity. In the new rules, state governments have also been directed to constitute welfare boards for transgender persons to protect their rights and interests and facilitate access to schemes and welfare measures framed by the centre. The country's longest spell of clean air on record came to an end this month as New Delhi, the world's most polluted capital city, recorded a significant fall in air quality, partly due to crop waste burning by farmers. Up until September, New Delhi and its neighbouring cities, which last year had accounted for half of the dozen most polluted cities in the world, had enjoyed respite due to the strict nationwide lockdown. But a pickup in economic activity and a slightly early start to crop burning, which is a significant source of pollution during winter months, has made the air more toxic again. While it was in the moderate category today, a government forecasting agency has said that the air quality of Delhi is likely to enter the poor category by Friday. Union Minister of Environment, Forest and Climate Change Prakash Jaurikar on Tuesday said that the centre has called a meeting of environment ministers of Punjab, Haryana, Uttar Pradesh, Rajasthan and Delhi on October 1st to review the air pollution management plans decided in 2016. And now for some COVID-related updates. With over 80,000 new cases and more than 1,100 deaths in the last 24 hours, the total number of COVID-19 infections in the country crossed the 62 lakh mark or 6.2 million and the death toll is just a few short of 97,500. Tamil Nadu, Andhra Pradesh and Bihar, however, have been showing a reduction in their growth rates for two months now. Coronavirus cases in Tamil Nadu and Bihar have now been growing at less than 1% per day. In Delhi, close to 33% of people who tested as a part of the September Zero survey have developed COVID-19 antibodies. The presence of antibodies indicates that the individual has been exposed to the virus in the past. In the last Zero survey, this figure was 29.1%. A Delhi government official said, and I quote, The results show that only about a third of the population has been exposed to the virus so far and that precautions such as social distancing and wearing masks must be keenly observed to limit the spread of the infection. Unquote. 
The Union Home Ministry is expected to come out with fresh guidelines for October, which marks the beginning of the long festive season. Last month, the Home Ministry had said more relaxations and opening of more activities would be slowly allowed in areas outside containment zones. With industries hoping for a strong rebound in consumer demand this festive season, further easing of restrictions is expected. Unlock 5 is likely to come into effect from Thursday, that is October 1st, and is expected to stay in place till October 30th. Moving on to some international updates. The novel coronavirus has infected over 33.7 million people around the world, out of which 1.01 million have died due to the disease. The World Bank has announced plans for a $12 billion initiative that will allow poor countries to purchase COVID-19 vaccines to treat up to 2 billion people as soon as effective drugs become available. To make sure that low-income countries are not left behind by wealthy nations, the organization is asking its important rich nation shareholders to support a scheme that will distribute cash over the next 12 to 18 months. Slovakia's government has approved a state emergency to help combat a spike in new COVID-19 cases. The Prime Minister said on Facebook that the measure would be effective from Thursday. The state of emergency, which is set to last for at least 45 days, gives the government greater powers to implement stricter measures but does not automatically mean a return to the strict lockdown such as the one imposed at the outset of the pandemic. Russia's Sovereign Wealth Fund has said that it has agreed to apply 25 million doses of its potential COVID-19 vaccine to Egypt via Farco, which is described as one of the country's leading pharmaceutical groups. The Russian Direct Investment Fund has struck several deals to supply Sputnik V vaccine abroad, including 100 million doses to India, where it also expects to hold clinical trials. Oxford University is to trial the world's best-selling prescription medicine, Adalimabub, as a treatment for COVID-19 patients in the latest episode to repurpose existing drugs as potential COVID-19 therapies. The drug that is sold by AbbVie under the name Humira is a type of an anti-inflammatory drug. The first presidential debate for the upcoming elections in the US between Joe Biden and President Trump concluded in Cleveland. It was moderated by Chris Wallace of Fox News. New York Times said that President Trump got through the entirety of the first general election debate without telling the American people what he would do in a second term. His performance has been likened to his Twitter feed since he kept shouting at former Vice President Biden while he was speaking. Trump's typical dog-whistling, insulting and rumour-mongering nature was on full display throughout the hour-and-a-half event. He yelled about entanglements involving Biden's son Hunter, accused him of being in league with Antifa and socialists, and said that the federal government's top scientists were wrong to be cautious about a coronavirus vaccine. Over the course of the chaotic 90-minute performance, Trump interrupted so frequently that Biden at one point lost his patience and said, Will you shut up, man? This is so unprecedented. Trump also used the opportunity to air his issues with news media. When Biden accused him of being the worst president America has ever had, Trump shot back saying that he had done more in 47 months than Biden had done in 47 years. When he was challenged over white supremacist support, he straight up refused to condemn the specific far-right group. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. 
catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.